I got dumped. It's one heck of a podcast show. I got dumped, so let's introduce our host Ashley Corby and Hannah Slay are gonna talk to you today all about how I got dumped. Welcome to I Got Dumped, a Christian-centered podcast about breakups and breakthroughs. We're your imperfect hosts. Hey, I'm Hannah Slay. After family members died when I was in high school, I chased fame and status as an actress. Then I found God seven years ago and started living for Jesus. And I'm Ashley Corby, a stand-up comedian based out of Nashville, Tennessee. I spent most of my life lost in a web of addiction and codependency. I have overcome rape trauma and domestic violence and have made it my mission to share with the world how the Lord delivered me from the pain and instability that was my life. These are our stories. This is our testimony. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, we are going to talk about forgiveness. But before we get into it, thank you so much for listening. Please give us a little review on Apple Podcasts. Share this with your friends. Connect with us online on Instagram at I Got Dumped or www.igotdumpedpodcast.com. All right, Ashley Corby, we're going to talk a little bit about forgiveness. Yes, and specifically forgiveness from the heart and what that means and how uh, hard it can be. And it's easier said than done. So we've discussed forgiveness on this pod. Oh, I feel like my sound went way down. Really? Oh, your sound went down? Yeah, I can't hear myself at all. Okay. Oh, that's your headphones. I got to turn down my headphones. There we go. (laughs) That's better. Can you hear okay? Yeah. Okay. So we have discussed forgiveness on this podcast in prior episodes. How could we be a podcast about breakups without at least touching on the power of forgiveness? After all, forgiveness is a huge component of moving on from heartbreak, trauma, pain, and disappointment. When we forgive, we unpack the heavy burdens laid upon us, take them off our shoulders, and step boldly into our futures. Nothing can hold us back more from peace than unforgiveness. So in the book of Matthew, we read about Peter questioning Jesus on forgiveness. Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. And then Jesus goes into the parable of a king who decided to settle his debts with his servants. One of his debtors owed him a huge debt, and his master wanted to sell him and his family to pay for the debt, but the man begged and pleaded for patience from the king, assuring him he would pay him back. The king felt compassion upon him and forgave him his loan. Later, this debtor found his own servant who owed him money, a much smaller amount, and cruelly demanded he be paid back. He didn't show the same mercy that was shown to him. Word got back to the king of this man's actions, and he summoned the man back to his chambers. Matthew 19.32 reads, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt, but because you, because you begged me to, should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should be paid back the whole debt. So will my heavenly father do to you, unless each of you forgives his brother from his heart. When I first learned of the passage in the Bible, it hit me really hard. It's an illustration of how the Lord always forgives us, yet we do not always show others the same compassion. How can we expect to be blessed when we won't share the grace that has been given to us? How can we find Mr. or Mrs. Right when we are so focused on Mr. and Miss can't get it right? 
It can be so hard to forgive people who have hurt us, especially when that hurt comes in the form of trauma. We choose to harden our hearts against our perpetrator subconsciously, believing it will protect us from them or a similar hurt again. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. When we harden our hearts and refuse to forgive the people who have hurt us, we open a door into our lives for the evil one to torment us. Satan has an army of evil spirits who are waiting in the wings to feast on us. All they need is access. How do they get access? Our permission. Our permission comes in through a variety of ways, and for the sake of this episode, we'll focus on unforgiveness. In the verse I just shared, the king is the Lord, the unforgiving servant is us, the torturers are Satan's army. Matthew 19.34 says, Then in anger his master handed him over to the torturers until he should, be, until he should pay back the whole debt. Matthew 19.35, So will my heavenly father do to you unless each of you forgives his brother from his heart? When we don't forgive from the heart, there is a price to pay, and that price comes in demonic oppression. Do you ever hear the phrase, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to get sick? This is it. This is why. So I'll use an example of my own life and what I've experienced this year while maintaining as much privacy as I can for the people involved. Earlier this summer, my parents needed me more than they ever have. My parents and I are very close. We have a lot of ups and downs. Last year, we had a bit of a falling out for several months, but this year we've worked very hard at renewing our relationship. It was something I was constantly having to take to the Lord. I had to learn how to set boundaries with my parents without harboring resentment toward them. And the Lord really had to walk me through it. I didn't want to have a hardened heart toward them, but I also wanted distance. Once my parents started needing me this summer, I encountered some pushback from some other people in my life. There were people in my life who didn't want to help me with my family. They chose to stick their head in the sand and look the other way. There were also people in my life who wanted me to come to them for help when my family needed it and no one else. I was told because I wasn't reaching out to them that I was weird or I clearly had an attraction to a friend I had reached out to. It was dramatic and unnecessary. It was also stressful and hurtful to have my intentions questioned when I was coming to grips with my parents' mortality. They're not dying, but they are in their late 70s and things happen and suddenly you realize your parents aren't going to live forever and you won't be as prepared emotionally as you thought you would be when the time came. So I decided to let these people out of my life. It hurt. It wasn't an easy decision. I lost a lot of sleep over it. I prayed over it constantly, but the Lord was showing me their hearts and moving them out of my life. I would be lying if I said I wasn't angry. I was very angry, even livid at times, to have felt abandoned by someone, to have to fight this fight with my family by myself, and also to having my intentions questioned by another group of people. In the end, I had to weigh the benefits at the time of keeping these people in my life. In a moment of crisis, when someone brings stress and compounds an already difficult situation with unnecessary strife, we have to forgive them, pray for them, and sometimes just let them go. It doesn't mean we're angry. It just means we had to do what was best for us. The goal is peace. I found it very hard to forgive during this season. It was something I was praying over every day. Lord, help me to forgive. I want to forgive. I don't want to judge them. I want to just move on. And then I remember forgiveness from the heart. And what does forgiveness from the heart actually mean? So forgiveness from the heart is compassion. It's choosing to look at people who hurt us as other people who are hurting. What helps me is seeing them as wide-eyed children who one day had their innocence stolen and their hearts hardened. The enemy stole from them. He is who we should be mad at. He creates strife in our families, and he causes us lost friendships and broken relationships. When the focus of my anger changed from them to him, my heart began to fill with understanding toward the people who hurt me. I genuinely felt sad for them and my spirit felt lighter. No, I do not contact them. Will I ever? Probably not. 
We can forgive people and they don't need to hear about it. When our relationships end, it can be very easy to harden our hearts toward the other person, especially if they wronged us. If you're coming out of a relationship filled with blame, anger, and resentment, know that it's your responsibility to forgive and let it go. It isn't attractive. No one wants to start a relationship with someone who is oozing with bitterness from the one before her or him. It's no fun going out on a date with someone who's running a smear campaign against their ex. If you really want to move on with your love life or life in general, learn to forgive. Your future cannot begin if you're stuck holding on to the past. That's really great. Um, Forgiveness from the heart. Because I think too, like, sometimes I'm like, well, what does it mean to forgive? Do you just say, I forgive you? Because it's hard sometimes to forgive, you know? So how, I mean, obviously you, you ask God to help you and it's really God that, I mean, facilitates the forgiving. But I guess my question is like, what is the first step someone can do to forgive I mean, it starts with a choice. Like, you have the choice. You can either decide to carry this bitterness and this resentment towards you and be angry. I mean, you're going to be angry. Like, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean necessarily that your anger just disappears. You know, it's not it's not that easy. But, like, you have to make the choice. Like, I choose to forgive this person. I choose to work on truly forgiving them and letting go and moving on and making my spirit lighter. Mm-hmm. So it starts with, like, Lord, I choose to forgive this person, you know, and I'm not going to judge them for what they did. I forgive myself, too, you know, for my part in this because, I mean, let's be honest, like, it takes two most of the time, you know, and then go into, go deeper and forgive from the heart, which is to look at this person objectively and find the compassion, you know, like I said, like, what I do is I just picture them as children, like, this is so sad, like, this person was, you know, a young kid at one point, and they had big plans for their future, and now something's happened, and it hasn't gone the way that, that it's gone, that they wanted, so they're mean to me, they're cruel to me, or they abandon the people that love them, they do whatever, because it was done to them, just like, hurt people hurt people, and people who were abused become abusers, so it's like, well, that's just the best, easiest way, the best way that I know to really, truly forgive somebody is to have some kind of compassion and pity on them. I think too, because we're Christians, we are sort of swimming in terms like forgiveness and love and compassion and seeking peace and turning away from sin. But from someone that's maybe not walking with the Lord or not Christian at all, some I wonder if some people don't even recognize that Uh, unforgiveness is their problem or is a problem. Right. So what do you think is sort of something that um, someone listening could maybe like get an idea like, Oh, maybe I have unforgiveness. Yeah. I mean, if you are finding yourself always bitter and anytime you look back at an old relationship, all you see is what the other person did. And when you have conversations, you notice that you're so focused on the other people that have hurt you. And you notice that maybe your life isn't going forward the way that you want it to. Your relationships aren't um, happening the way that you want them to. Maybe you are still holding on to a grudge, essentially, you know, and you need to make the decision to let it go and do whatever you know, you can to forgive from the heart. I mean, my example was the way that I was taught to do it. I'm sure there are other ways to do it. Um, but first it starts with a choice. Like I'm going to make this decision to let this go and not care. Cause like I've gone out on dates with guys, particularly divorced men who just spend so much time complaining about their ex. And it's like, you have children with this woman, like you were married to her for years, you know, like, 
this isn't a good way to start a relationship with me. We're so we're talking about her. It's really none of my business. Your relationship mm-hmm. with her is not my business. I don't want to judge her, you know, because there's two sides to every story. You can tell me all day that she cheated on you. But I mean, I don't know what what was your part in that. And really, you should be healed before you come into a new relationship with somebody else. Anyway, you shouldn't be just dragging all of this baggage with you, I think. Um, yeah. And you mentioned to, um, you know, accepting or, um, yeah, surrendering to your part that you played in it. And that's something that I think about for myself in my own relationships, or I guess in my marriage, as well as when I hear other people complaining about an ex, you know, and it's just what you said, they kind of bad mouth the person that they were previously with, but you have to, you have to take responsibility. You decided to love that person. You decided to commit to that person. If they were so bad, there should have been some red flags. Right. So why were you so innocent or unable to just not, um, entangle yourself in something like that? You know, there's something in you that was drawn to that person. And so it's not their fault that you consented to being in a relationship with them. (laughs) You know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's like, even in my own marriage, you know, when we fight or we have problems, it's very easy when you're in a fight to take pity on yourself and be like, this person is just, it's just ridiculous. You know, it's just, they're insane or they're this or they're that. But then it's like, well, I know who he was when I married him. <laughs> you know, it's he's not revealing himself to be someone else. And the same he could say about me, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, it's on you who you date, who right. you choose to date. And so you have to forgive them and you have to forgive yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then like for people to just always be bashing the parent of their children, what kind of example are you are you giving your children here? Yeah, you know, because in your children, you know, they're you could jade a little bit of their perception of their parent. I mean, like one thing I heard on the radio one time was like, you never want to talk badly about your children's father Mm -hmm. because a lot of kids get their identity in their father Mm -hmm. and that can really bother them because they know that they're a part of their father and you think that their father is, you know, trash and then they're going to take some of that in as you think that they're trash, you know, or children are so impressionable too, that if, you know, one parent could essentially turn the other parent against the against their parent, you know, like if you plant things in your kid's mind about what kind of mom she is or what kind of dad she is, then you have very twisted ideas of who your parent is. And then it would take a lot of time becoming an adult to, as you say, see the person objectively and maybe even realize not all that was even true or that was coming from um, the wife that was hurt by the husband. And so she was painting her ex in a certain way. All that kind of stuff is, yeah, I think, I think that's why they started using terms like consciously uncoupling and stuff like that. I've never heard that term. What? Oh, it's just like a celebrity thing that Gwyneth Paltrow, I think started saying, and then, People will say that as celebrities, when they break up on Instagram, they're like, we are uncoupling, we are detaching, as opposed to saying, you know, divorce or whatever, because they're trying to be compassionate and kind to one another. So they're, you know, trying to set the foundation of having an amicable breakup and a co-parenting situation. Oh, so it's like a PR campaign. Well, it could be for sure, but I think also you know, maybe they're cognizant of the fact that they don't want to 
you know, talk smack about their kid's father or mother, you know? Yeah, just the uncoupling, like making it trend. It sounds kind of trendy. Well, super bougie and... Yeah, I'm not on board with that. Yeah. Just call a spade a spade. Like you're getting divorced, you broke up. I know when I struggle with people... Um, I believe it's in Matthew as well. It's definitely in the gospels where it's, you know, love your enemies, uh, pray for those that hurt you, do good unto those that um, despise you. um, And that's so hard. For their, you know, children of God, just like you. And then if you don't forgive them, how can the heavenly father forgive you? And And that's exactly it, you know, because why should I be expected to be forgiven by God, the creator Um, with all the stuff that I know I do wrong and do wrong in my heart and in my actions. But, you know, what someone does to me or I perceive them doing to me, I'm just, it's too much for me. I can't forgive them, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, like I've, there's times, I mean, I've made myself pray for people Mm because I know it lightens the load. And even when I really do not want to, because I don't even want to talk about them, think about them, but I do, and it makes me feel better and helps me get past it. Because who wants to be that person who, I mean, have you met these people where it's like they always are talking about somebody? There's always somebody that's wrong them. And when somebody's name comes up, they're just like, oh, you know, they're just doing that. They're always making a scene. It's like it's just a reflection of you mm-hmm. and like the kind of your character more than it is that other person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And those types of people tend to hang out with similar types of people. So, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Like people that like to bitch and moan, hang out with people that like to bitch and moan. Yeah. You know, but if you're hanging out with someone that doesn't want to speak badly about other people or doesn't care to just mindlessly gossip all day, um, well, they're not fun to hang out with. Right. You know, yeah. because it's, they don't want to participate in that kind of talk. I strive to be a person like that. I think that even from before um, I turned to Christianity like seven years ago, I always felt God was telling me, shut your mouth, Hannah, stop, stop gossiping, stop talking about other people. I just think, you know, there's so much scripture, like, but particularly in the book of James, you know, about bridling your tongue and the tongue is a world of iniquity and I just think so much havoc happens with your words. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can speak curses through the tongue. You yeah. can speak blessings through the tongue. Yeah. I mean, it has a huge, you can speak out everything. I mean, if you're constantly saying like, you know, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Well, you're always going to feel sick if you're constantly saying like, my life is good. I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful and so happy. Mm-hmm you're you're going to change the way that you feel about life, the way that life comes to you, you know. <laughs> I almost said something that I don't want to say. But, um, you know, like sometimes it's like you you can be really, really grateful for things um, when you're constantly speaking it out mm-hmm. and speaking, speaking it over your life. It just changes everything. But it's like you ever be around somebody who's just always complaining and they're so negative. And it's like, I don't even know how to talk to you because like, I'm not this way, but yet I don't want you to feel alone in your, in feeling negative. So I'll catch myself griping with them. And it's like, I don't even really feel this way. I'm just trying to have a conversation, you know, and you got to keep that in check. These poor, miserable people. I mean, that's really (laughs) the word. They're just miserable. Right. And they just... 
Oh my gosh. I can think of a couple people, even just in the comedy scene, even in Nashville, that it's just, they don't even see how good they had it. And they just basically ruined it for themselves by being so miserable and entitled and insufferable in so many ways, you know? Yeah. Um, I see that too. Yeah. Especially with comics who like, um, they get a lot of work, they get a lot of gigs right away, very early on. And then, you know, 10 years later, five years later, it's not going the way that they want. And then they're bitter and they got this chip on their shoulder. And it's like, hey, man, some of us have been hustling five or 10 years and we're still not getting in the doors at clubs, Mm -hmm. you know, but you had it. Why are you so mad? You know, heck, you know, step it up. You see people that are tremendously successful and they're just bitter and bitching and moaning and miserable. Yeah. I mean, it's very much a a spiritual plight, a, you know, a heaviness set upon you that you have to pray out of you and, you know, intentionally combat because, you know, for whatever reason you, you just are unable to find peace. Yeah. I mean, I think of my ex and it was like, uh, he was always mad at somebody in comedy. He was always mad at, I mean, I think he was ultimately mad at himself, but he was always mad at somebody in comedy. Mm -hmm. And I would just harp on him. Like, why are you so negative about this? Like, change your outlook, change your perspective, change your life. And then it was like, well, then he was really unhappy with me. Mm -hmm. And then he was unhappy with the job. Just his coworkers, just everybody around him. Mm -hmm. He was unhappy. He was just an unhappy person, you know? And then ultimately getting out of that relationship was like taking a weight off. I, I relate to that in terms of like, I know what that's like to be just kind of unhappy wherever you go. Like I, I mean, to a certain extent, I struggle with that in my own life as a, as a person, you know, my husband will attest to that because I can have it. I can have it all in a sense. Like I can be doing well, but I'll, I'll find something to feel, uh, annoyed about I, I'm not as bad now but certainly when I was still in comedy and then I'm like well maybe if I do this I'll feel better or maybe if I do this I'll feel better and then I just still find a way to be complaining or miserable or angry or upset with someone and it's a problem like it's it's really a lack of gratitude and you know maybe that's why I recognize other miserable people <laughs> you know I don't think I'm miserable like them but like I just th- or not right now anyway but I just think I definitely can pick up on it because I'm like, oh, we got to we got to walk righteously. We got to recognize how lucky we are in so many ways. I got to recognize that when I say we, I mean, I. Yeah. And then like hope, I think, is a a big part of it, too. Like if you live your life always like just knowing that it's going to get better and having that hope in Mm -hmm. you, I think that's a game changer, too. When somebody's like hopeless about something, Mm -hmm. I mean, who wants to be around that? Yeah. And I guess that's what people would say nowadays is like depression, um, and different kinds of mental illnesses. Um, I don't know. I mean, well, I I, mean, this is kind of different. Like I don't want to, yeah. Like not like, I mean, if you have depression, that's one thing, but like if you're just angry and bitter all the time Mm -hmm. and you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing with comedy and everybody's getting ahead and doing better than me. And like, you've got to have the hope that your career is going to take off, that things are going to get better for you, Mm -hmm. that, that opportunities are going to happen, you Mm -hmm. know, because if you're not, who wants to hear you do comedy really? Yeah. Especially in these times. I mean, I know there used to be like a really big thing for angsty commie, especially in the nineties, but like now Lewis black. <laughs> yeah. Like now I just don't think that people are really from what I've seen in audiences. I don't think people are really wanting that right now. Times are already bleak. Yeah. You know, like they're complaining all day long to people about things 
if they're in that kind of mindset, they want to go to comedy and laugh and get free and get free of that. I mean, it is a hard time to be a comedian when it's your job to, this is what I've noticed, you know, with my husband being a comedian and just, you know, from him telling me like how things are going with him when he's out there doing comedy and, you know, him telling me, you know, how certain jokes are going in this and that. I'm like, you got to remember, like the world has just gone through a weird overhaul over the last few years. I mean, sensibilities and tastes are, have changed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what they've changed to necessarily, like kind of probably more of a TikTok genre. Uh, But you got to, you got to, you're going to adapt with it. You're going to figure out, all right, you're going to write new material and you're going to like figure out what the, what the vibe is out there. But also it is a very bizarre time and there ain't no telling what one audience is, is, is like, you know, to the next in terms of like whatever market you're in, what state you're in, what city you're in. Uh, It's, it's just weird. I I mean, I don't envy my, I'm glad he's working, but I don't envy the, the job of a comedian to, you know, entertain people right now. And people got a lot on their shoulders right now. It's a stressful time. If, if you're even just going to a comedy show and paying money, I mean, good for you because you're, you're trying to enjoy yourself. You're trying to just kind of like do your thing. But uh, it's a, you know, there's a lot going on for people to just be able to just sit back and laugh, you know? Yeah. And then you have to be the comedian and you got a lot on your mind too. Right. Yeah. You know, you've got your personal stuff going on and you've got your set. Yeah, man. It's stressful. Stressful. And I guess to tie it into this episode too, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of vitriol and hostility, you know, in America, I guess we'll just keep it local, but yeah, I mean, we would all do better if we had a little compassion for one another and really sought to understand why people are making certain choices and why other people are making other choices. It's not easy because if you're making a a specific choice, you obviously believe in it. Right. So you're not just kind of half heartedly making a decision just so someone else can call you an idiot. Right. You know, you're making a decision because you have a conviction on it. And we could just accept that people can make those decisions on their own. But a lot of people just seem unwilling to do that. They just want to hate. Yeah. It's easier to hate people than to have compassion for them, but it only affects you because then you look like a hateful person. You have blocks in your life. Mm. You're, Spirit is heavy. You've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of oppression going on. You don't even aware of it. You just think you're the victim and everybody's terrible and poor you. Right. Look at them. Don't pay attention to me. Right. Look at what they're doing wrong, but don't look at what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. I yeah. Think that wraps it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. Just ending on the state of uh, the union here. Yeah. Um, well, absolutely. I mean, I think we can all find somebody to forgive every day, you know, even if it's just yourself, you know, I agree. So, uh, if we hope that this podcast was a blessing to you, uh, listening to this and, you know, perhaps you can find in your heart, someone that you need to forgive and maybe that's easy and maybe that's hard, but, um, it'll be a blessing to you to just surrender that to God and forgive them. Yeah. You'll definitely be blessed every time you forgive hundred percent. All right, guys. Thank you for listening.